Are there any companies you feel are in danger of becoming obsolete and or irrelevant, and why? I don't know why I'd name them, but I'd be happy to describe them. Okay. <laughs> I believe that any company can turn around. I saw Interface Floor, a very, very important carpet company out of Atlanta, do a massive turnaround in maybe a year and a half from 1994 to almost 1996 because the CEO had a vision. So it can be done. For instance? Let me tell you the type of company that's in trouble. Three kinds of companies. Let's call the first one just for profit. A company whose mission statement continues to be serve the shareholders will find themselves alienating the stakeholders over the next decade. Who are the stakeholders? They're anybody that can affect or is affected by the company. These stakeholders include employees, suppliers, host communities, and the environment, as well as stakeholder groups like NGOs, etc. Companies that only serve shareholders will find themselves subject to being surprised in the market, like Mohawk and Millikan in 1998 and 1999, when Interface Floor's new value proposition of ecologically sound carpet and recycling caused them to have to reorganize overnight with the public breathing down their neck, paying consultants far too much to catch up. And they never really did catch up. Mm -hmm. We're seeing this in Detroit. I have been predicting for five years that Ford and GM, who some argue killed the electric car at the request of oil companies like ExxonMobil, would eventually scramble to quickly, quickly get hybrids to market once Prius reached the tipping point and then gas prices went up, which was exactly what Toyota saw coming as far back as 1994. And it's happening. Up till 2006, 85% of all of Detroit's profits came from SUVs and heavy trucks. Now that those have become the new mink coats of society, <laughs> they've got to play catch-up. It's not cheap, and they never will really catch up, at least not in this generation of business as we know it. I hope that we all look at companies like that and say, we'd better not get Priused in the future. And that's just the environmental picture. Tim, I keep seeing articles and books on innovation, and in the business community, there's a great deal of attention to innovation. To what extent is saving the world going to influence the innovation movement? The example I talk about in the book that I think is relevant to this conversation is Green Mountain Coffee Roasters, a popular company that makes sustainable and fair trade certified coffee. Don Ostler is a fleet manager for about 48 drivers who man 24 trucks. Doesn't sound like an earth-changing job, but hear this story. His company has a sustainability initiative to dramatically reduce its carbon footprint and cut its costs at the same time, which most companies are thinking about because of the recession. He innovated, meaning he said, what's the problem? The problem is we're using far too much gas and our footprint for the delivery fleet is too high. And it's not like we can go get hybrid trucks tomorrow. This isn't the environment for that. So he had to innovate to meet a mandate to reduce the footprint of his group by as much as 20%. And what he did was typically what innovators do. He listened, he researched, he scrutinized, and then when he found the solution, he evangelized. What he found out was that 30% of all the gas that his drivers used was idling, where they're making a 20-minute delivery and they leave the truck running. When he engaged the group and said, why do you do it, which is what a good eco-innovator does or any innovator does, in other words, you go say, why do we do this legacy procedure? The answer was, common knowledge, it'll get too hot or cold in the truck. Or it's going to wear off the starter on the truck to turn it on and off all day. So he did a study. 
They took a certain number of trucks and a certain number of drivers and had them turn the engine off when they made deliveries and then studied climate control and engine wear. He found out very quickly that climate control was not an issue and that engine wear was actually increased because of idling and that you could turn a starter off and on 20,000 times before it would need to be replaced. So he kept on in his program evangelizing that, and eventually he reached a tipping point, and the drivers all got involved, and they cut the fleet usage of gasoline by 20% in the second year. They even made up shirts for the truck drivers to wear that said, I saved the planet 5,000 gallons of gasoline with idle reduction. And the joke now at Green Mountain is that the drivers are so on board with this innovative idea that they've been known to turn their engine off when they're at a long stoplight. <laughs> so innovation has three components. Problem identification, what's broken, or what does the customer want that we don't have? What does the market want that doesn't exist?